1: Wisdom, what it is and what it is not. Next, on Times of Refreshing with Napoleon Kaufman. We get this idea of wisdom and just exactly what it is. Some guru sitting on a mountaintop, spewing out wise words and sayings, right? That's wisdom. No, it's not. We take a look at biblical wisdom today, and not only that, but we take a look at the nature with which it always is accompanied, the meekness of wisdom. We're in James chapter 3 and verses 13 forward today. We invite you to join us from the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Here's our teacher and pastor with this Friday broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
0: It says here in verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct... That his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, somebody say this wisdom. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual or soulish, Demonic, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above, somebody say from above, that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Amen. Now when we look at the Greek word wisdom here. It's interesting. This word really it means to rightly apply knowledge. I've received and, re- and, and obtained knowledge. Now how do I rightly apply that knowledge? Okay. It is the ability to regulate. Now watch this y'all regulate one's relationship with God. It is insight imparted from God in respect, to divine, in respect to the divine counsel. I love this. When one is wise unto God, he is prudent with others and knows how to regulate circumstances. I'm going to read that again. It's how to rightly apply knowledge. But the wisdom that God brings, it it gives us the ability to regulate one's relationship with God. How do I stay in tune with God? If God is the omnipotent one, the omniscient one, the omnipresent one, how do I stay in tune with his his thinking and his purpose and plan for my life? Well, he imparts to me wisdom so that I can do that. This wisdom doesn't just apply to how I relate and regulate my relationship with God. But the wisdom that God gives is a wisdom that also helps me to be prudent and regulate my my relationship and my circumstances with other people. And so what I'm saying is, is that that which I need in terms of wisdom does not just come or originate from me. If it's true wisdom, it's something that comes from God. And so He says here, it is It is insight imparted from God in respect to the divine counsels. The thing that I love about King David, David was so wise, but his wisdom was obtained because he constantly inquired of the Lord. He constantly went before God. What do you think about this? And God would give him exactly what he needed, whether it was for a battle, a war that he was going to fight, whether it was dealing with domestic issues, whether it was dealing with how to build the tabernacle or temp, the temple, whether it was how to establish a city, he accessed the mind of God and this is what caused him to be effective in the earth. It wasn't something that he just came up with in and of his own self. He was, it is, it is, uh, the person who has this wisdom is prudent with others and knows how to re- regulate circumstances. We as the people of God should know how to deal with with life, to deal with our employers, to deal with our children, how to deal with and manage our churches and all those things that pertain to life and that are really, really important to us. We need this this wisdom. It's not just the accumulation of knowledge. How do I rightly apply that so that it's effective in my life, my relationship with God is maintained, and then I rightly know how to deal with individuals and life circumstances? This is the wisdom that he's talking about. And I love this because he makes a distinction here. He says this wisdom is from above, but then he talks about a wisdom that is earthly, that is sensual and demonic. But the key to it being earthly, sensual and demonic, he says in verse 14, look what he says. But if you have bitter envy and self-seekings in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. He says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. And so for all of us, we have to see that you can go to college, you can go to school, you can read books, all those things are good. But the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. Some of the most arrogant, prideful people that you will ever meet are people that are educated people. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they have wisdom. Or the wisdom that they have is earthly, sensual, and demonic. And so it produces something that is ultimately ungodly. And for us, we want to access the mind of God so that we're producing those things that are a blessing. When it comes to having wisdom, we have to keep in mind that sometimes our emotions get in the way. The devil is constantly trying to play on our emotions so that our judgment is off. And we don't rightly apply that which God is trying to dispense to us. Suggestions, not only from the demonic, but also suggestions from from people that are demonically inspired. We have to be very careful of this. We have to understand that also one of your greatest enemies... Now, listen to me, y'all. One of your greatest enemies is you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell him, wow. You can be your greatest enemy. When we have desires and wants and needs and all those things, desires, wants, and needs, if we're not watchful, they will blind us and hinder, it, hinder us from really accessing the mind of God, because I have my, only ide- my own idea about this. I have my own plan. I have my own desire. I have my own want. I have my own need. I think I got this. I can handle this. Nobody else knows how to do it but me. And we stand in the way of accessing the mind of God, because ultimately God's plan is the only one that's going to work and become fruitful in the end. And so for us, we have to be very careful because all this blocks us and hinders us. And it also, and I like this, it's also a revealer. How much envy we really do have in our hearts. He says here, he says, but if we have bitter envy, it's amazing. This envy is a deadly weapon of the enemy. Because the devil, he constantly wants to to make us feel is feel that our competition is the person that's sitting next to us. You saw what happened with Cain and Abel. Instead of Cain being content and and then responding the way that God wanted him to respond, he was too busy looking at his, his brother's blessing and his brother's response. And his envy got the best of him. And his envy caused him to overstep a line. And his envy saw the good that was in his brother and desired that good to the point that he was willing to kill his brother so that he can try to get that good. And we do the same thing. Somebody's singing on the worship team. They're doing a great job and God is using them and God is blessing them. And then we, well, how come they're not using me? How come they got the job at, on work? I've been working hard for 20 years and they, how come they got the promotion? How in the world did he find her? Come on, y'all, come on, y'all. How did he get her? He's not even handsome. <laughs> what did he do? How did she get a man? We start, in, come on, can I talk about it this morning, y'all? We start looking at other people's blessing and the good in them, and then, we, and then we start wanting to tear it down. Well, You know what? I know that they live right and they're good and they got, but they ain't that holy, though. I see some chinks in their armor. And we start wanting to tear other people down. Why? Because we have bitter envy in our lives. And then what we don't realize is that the devil will come along and he'll help. He'll try to convince us that we have some kind of inside knowledge and we have some kind of wisdom that nobody else can see. But our bitterness of envy is blinding us from seeing. That's one of the things that I, I pray about. Lord, cleanse my heart from any envy. I don't want to be looking at somebody else's blessing and then coveting and and, and being envious of them. Can I have an amen, y'all? Lord, uh, give me the portion that has been allotted to me. I don't want somebody else's portion. I just want what you got for me. Can I have an amen, y'all? We have to get rid of this envy. We drive through neighborhoods and envying folks. Walking over to their house and praying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, bless me with this. (laughs) Look at y'all. They're going to lose their house through foreclosure and I'm going to come right in. I'm telling y'all, people, and I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm talking about church folks. We're going to break that demon today. Ask God to give you what's yours. Can I have an amen and just bless you in the way he wants to bless you? We got to get envy out of our hearts. Because we start thinking that we're wise when our our wisdom is demonically inspired. And it's inspired from a a faulty condition in our hearts. He says not only envy, he says, but self-seeking. Self-seeking. This gives us access and opens the door for us to obtain a wisdom that does not proceed from the throne of God. And so now we become self-seeking. And the only thing we can think about is ourselves. We have no desire to help anybody else, to be a blessing to anyone else. And then all of a sudden we we start thinking that everybody owes us something. Then an entitlement mentality, just like with Cain, an entitlement mentality creeps in. And we think everybody owes us because we're bitter. We have bitter envy in our hearts. And now we have self-seeking. And now everybody owes me something. My mama owes me something. My daddy owes me something. The, this person owes me something. The man owes me something. Everybody, think, everybody owes us something. And then we're just selfish. And we have to ask God to cleanse our heart so we can access a wisdom that supercharges us. And then opens the door and gives us access to all the blessings that God has for us. But if we're standing in the way... God's not going to be able to give us what we need. We have to learn to get ourselves out of the way and get this entitlement mentality out of us. Self-seeking. The only thing we can see is is something that promotes me. Something that makes me look good. Something that's going to benefit me. Something that's going to cause a great effect for me. Instead of, how Lord, how can I lay down my life to be a blessing to somebody else? And in the midst of that, God blesses you. The reason why we adore Jesus so much is because we saw what he was willing to do for us. He laid down his life for us. And greater love have no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. We get rid of being selfish and self-seeking. And what does it do? It gives us access now. To the mind of God. We start to obtain wisdom. Look at verse 15. This wisdom does not descend from from above. But is earthly. Sensual. And it is demonic. That is the wisdom that is being promoted on the earth right now. It's being propagated. And pushed. Television. Radio. You name it. It's, It's all about head knowledge. And it's not a wisdom that proceeds from the throne of God. And how do you know? Because look at the fruit of it. Look at the confusion. Look at the bitterness. Look at the anger. Look at the hatred and the rage in the world. Look at all the, the disturbances and distresses that we see on the planet. Because people do not want the wisdom that comes from God. But yet people think that they're smart. People think that they're, they're elite. They think that they know everything. But the way in which we get access to the wisdom that comes from God It's we got to have the right posture of heart. There's a meekness that's associated with true wisdom. Look what he says here. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. There's no self-seeking in it. There's no envy in it. There's a purity about a person that you're talking to that has true wisdom. There's a simpleness about it. There's a sincerity to it. And there's a life giving aspect of that type of, of wisdom. It's pure, there's no self involved. It says, then peaceable. You get around people that truly have the wisdom of God, you sense the peace of God around them, and they become peacemakers. Doesn't mean that in the church you're not going to have some squabbles, you're going to have some fights. The devil's trying to take us all out. There's going to be moments when you have things like this. But when you get around a person and, and you sense the peace that's on their life, there's something special about that. Because you can get around some people and just being around them, you just sense it's just disorder and confusion. But yet they think they're deep. Can I have an amen? And you, you, you talk to them for five minutes, you're like, man, this person's a space cadet. I can not understand anything they're talking about. It, it's a, there's a peaceableness that's associated with somebody's life. And you look at their life and you see peace. You see peace. You get around them and you see it, sense peace. If you get around a person and, and they all fish it in. You know, but, you know, look, check this out. You know, we got to look at this. and Look at that. Oh, whoa. You know, did you see that? Like, no, no. I don't know how, many, how much longer we're going to be kicking it. Because you're making me feel uncomfortable. Can I have an amen, y'all? There's a peaceableness about it that when it comes from God, a true wisdom. He says it's gentle. It's not forced. I've learned in my walk with Christ, if a person doesn't want to receive what I have to say, then praise the Lord. Go ahead, receive what you want. You don't have to. There's a gentleness about it that should be respected. I'm not going to shove it down your throat. And I'm not going to, when I first got saved, I used to do that. I told you all the stories. I'm arguing in the Bible bookstore for three hours. I come home to my wife. She's like, are you all right? I just got through talking about this. God, we were talking about eschatology. He didn't want to receive it. He don't even know. I'm. And my wife looking at me like, man, you, what's wrong with you? I'm fighting for nothing. If you don't want to receive it, then don't receive it. Amen. Amen. Can I have an amen? Jesus said, wipe the dust from your feet. And move on to another city. And we got to get to a place where we understand that it is gentle, it's not forced, and we shouldn't fight with people all the time. It says, willing to yield. True wisdom is willing to yield. When God begins to release a wisdom towards you, you may have a preconceived condition of thought and a mindset towards something, but when the truth hits you and wisdom hits you, you're willing to yield. Like, man, that's not what I was thinking. But you know what, praise the Lord, that I know, I know it now. This is the wisdom of God. And I've learned that, and I was just talking to a brother this morning about it. Sometimes we, gotta, we have to understand, even in our relationships, sometimes as a married man, God is speaking to me, right? But then sometimes he's not talking to me. He's talking to my wife. And I have to be willing to say, well, wait a minute. What she just said was the wisdom of God. Now, I wish God would have told me first. (laughs) That's how people think. I wish God would have told me first. But he didn't tell you. He told her. So men, listen to your wife. Because sometimes. (laughs) I'm not saying all the time. I heard some ladies saying amen. I'm not saying all the time. Y'all was really amen, amen. Sometimes God's talking to your wife. He's not talking to you. But you have to have enough wisdom to be able to say, ah, that's God. Can I have an amen? And for us, we want to make sure that we're constantly aware of this because At the end of the day, there's a willingness to yield that is associated with accessing the wisdom of God. And we all want to obtain that, but we have to be willing to yield. And that's the fruit of it. It says, full of mercy. If 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 the wisdom that you're accessing just tears everything up all the time, then it's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom that God has is full of mercy. It doesn't mean that God's not a God of judgment and justice, because we know He is. But there's a mercy that's associated with the wisdom that comes from the throne of God. We want to make sure that we're constantly accessing that. And then measuring, what kind of wisdom do I have? Is this wisdom truly bringing forth more mercy and releasing mercy? And the kingdom of God is being released and mercy is being revealed. This is something that we have to, he says, good, full of good fruits. This is the kind of wisdom that God wants us to have, that we become fruitful and you see good fruit in a person's life. Like, man, look at the fruit of God in their life. If the wisdom that you feel like you're obtaining is causing you to destroy everything in your path, tear up your life, bring more uncertainty and fear and insecure, all these things, then it's reviving bitterness and envy. It's something that is not from the throne of God. And so for us, we have to be able to weigh this before we, before we receive it. But the, pe- the wisdom that God releases is full of good fruits. It says without partiality. This is one of the things I've been studying the last year. Just looking at God help me so that when I look at the world, I look at our church, I look at life circumstances that I don't have partiality. That I don't have partiality in my life. There's no way I can be an effective judge If I have partiality in my life. The goal is for me to arrive at that place of truth. So that regardless of how I may feel. That I accept that which is factual. Primarily through the biblical lens that God gives us all. We have to make sure that we don't have partiality in our hearts. When we're looking at the world. We're looking at church. We're looking at the world system. We're looking at race and religion and all this other stuff. Obviously. When it comes to religion, we have our position, we have our doctrinal, we, we know what we believe in terms of that which is true, and we perceive to be truth, and the confirmation of the Spirit of God, and the life of Jesus Christ, and the revelation of Jesus Christ in our midst, that will never change. But at the end of the day, we still have to make sure that when it comes to you know people's personal preferences and whatnot, that We don't allow that to blind us. Well, I don't want that kind of person praying for me. I don't like their skin color. I don't want that, I don't like that person praying for me. I don't like their size. I don't don't know about that. You know, and what happens is there's a personal, I don't like them, you know, because I don't like their political party. So I don't want them praying over me. And what happens is we get all perverted and, and dirty and smeared by the world. And then we come to church, we try to lift our hands and we're saying, why isn't God moving in my life? Because you have all this partiality. I don't want to sit next to that person because, because they're, they're dirty and they, they just came off the streets and I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't want anybody dirty getting next to me. And then, we, and then we say, God, but here I am, God. And God's saying, well, there I am too. Why don't you help them out? Why don't you be a blessing? You got all them clothes. Why don't you give them some? The ones I gave you. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen, y'all? And that's how we live. And now we get rid of all this partiality because that's not the wisdom that comes from God. And we want to make sure that we're breaking this down. He says without hypocrisy that we're not play actors.
1: You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 292 7800. Or write to us, times of refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.